working. Good morning, good morning. It's Pastor Jen from the ICF Rome Bella Vida office. This is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale. And today we are back to continue our book study on the book of Isaiah. Just have to make a note here for a minute. I want you to see the book, Be Comforted by Warren Wearsby. Be Comforted by Warren Wearsby. This is the book that we are using to study uh, the book of Isaiah in the Bible. So we're using the book Be Comforted by Warren Wearsby to study the book of Isaiah in the Bible. And I am so happy to see so many of you jumping on right now. So as you do, if you can, please type your name in the chat. Hi, Boriana. Hi, Barb. Happy to see you. It's a good day. The sun is shining in Rome. It's still cold. I know it's very cold where Barb is in Michigan, um, but God is faithful. Amen. God is always faithful. So hi, Jenny. We're glad to see you this morning. You're ready. Good morning. Magnifique. Hey. Bonjour. Comment allez-vous? <laughs> Only I don't think you're in France right now. You're back in in uh, Nigeria, I think, right? But we're happy that you're here. Amen. So God is faithful. And I just love as we gather around, if you want to, um, go get your hot tea. I've got my mug that someone gave me for Valentine's Day with me and Pastor Rick on it. Um, I'm having my hot tea right now. I've already had a cappuccino, so that was helpful. And uh, we are going to continue our book study on Isaiah. We are getting ready to go into the new, uh, like the parallel of the New Testament that Isaiah does in the last uh, 27 chapters. So we're actually going to start on page 120 um, in our book, just to recap the investigation crisis from Isaiah chapter 39. And um, we're just going to kind of recap that a little bit as we go into, hi Danny as we go into this next portion of scripture. So one of the things we do uh, when we're all together, even though we're online together like this, I would like you to type in the chat, what is something that you have learned from the book of Isaiah? What is a verse that you love from the book of Isaiah? Um, what is something even during this book study that has stood out to you on the study of Isaiah? For me, one of the things I've really appreciated about Isaiah and the study of Isaiah is that um, it's very relevant to where our world is right now. Hi, Shanta. Happy to see you. Um, so what is something from the book of Isaiah or this book study from Be Comforted or a verse in Isaiah that you God has really touched. God has used it in your life. For me, as we study Isaiah right now in 2021, what sticks out to me is that the Word of God is relevant always. So I've said many times that the book of Isaiah was written thousands of years ago. This book study that we're doing on Be Comforted was written in the late 1990s. <laughs> and yet, the fact that there was international crisis, health crisis, uh, the need for forgiveness and redemption, there's a message that is always running through scripture. So I'm gonna wait for you to type in something that has stood out to you, okay? 
help me with that. That will be awesome. And I'll reflect back on that in a few minutes. I know there's a couple minute delay sometimes too. So something that you like from the study. Tell me something else. Maybe this is an easier question. Why do you want to study the Bible? That's what we're doing on Thursday Connect. We are studying God's Word. We use books and we use uh, commentaries. We use helpful things, tools that help us study the Word of God. But why do you want to study the Bible? That's another question I'd like you to put in the chat. I want to study the Bible because... Okay, don't let me be alone here. <laughs> Amen, Barb. God always has a plan for a way out. Thank you, Jesus, for that. That's very important. Shanta, yes. Amen. We don't dwell in the past. That's such a good word for us. Amen. We have to let those things go, don't we? Um, they rob our victory and steal our joy and try to sabotage our peace. And God's word tells us, forget those things. Move on. I've got a new day, a new chapter for you. One of the reasons why I love to study the Bible is because every time I do, God brings out a new revelation from a similar passage. So I may have read that passage four, five, ten times, but every time I study it, I refer to my commentary, God shows me something new again, or a thread that we keep seeing throughout the whole scripture of God's plan of creation, God's blessing us. It's my life manual. Yes, Boriana, for sure. Uh, we can't do it without that. It's like my, um, it's my counselor. Whenever I need a counselor, whenever I need a word of wisdom, I go directly to God's word. I go to my knees in prayer. Or I go to my feet in worship, and I always go to God's word. It helps me. Amen. So on page 120 in the book, My Guiding Light, yes, um, we had talked about that last chapter last time was um, how God saved the king. And there was an invasion, and then there was an illness, and then there was an investigation. And when Hezekiah was ill, the word of the Lord had come to him and said, you're going to die, get your affairs in order. But Hezekiah repented and turned his face to the wall and said, God, please, you know, help me. I need you. And the Lord heard his prayers and said, okay, I'm going to change the, the plan. I'm going to give you another 15 years to serve me. So we know God hears our prayers and it rearranges things. He rearranged on behalf of the honest and transparent prayers of Isaiah. Then as we look at the news of Hezekiah's sickness and recovery, and we read about it also in Second Chronicles. So this is one thing I love that we can see that in another book written by another author, there is this cohesiveness. We see things in the Old Testament that Isaiah predicted that are used and quoted by Jesus and his disciples in the New Testament. So as we look at the investigation crisis, we remember some things about Hezekiah that are important. He was a famous man and other nations were concerned about him and they wanted to court his favor. They wanted to like, uh, you know, cozy up to him so that they could get some favor from this King Hezekiah. 
And um, at this time, Babylon was not a great world power, and few people would have thought that Assyria would one day collapse. Of course, God knew, but Hezekiah did not seek God's guidance. Even though God answered his prayer and did some things for him, he kind of got off track. I don't know if you can raise your hand, but how many of you would say, God has answered my prayer before? And then after that, I got off track. Sometimes that happens. But God always has a plan of forgiveness and redemption. So I raise my hand that there have been times in my life in the past where I got off track and I had to come back to the Lord and say, help me to refocus. Help me to trust you in every way possible. And so we see on page 120 where the author of our book, Be Comforted by Warren Wiersbe, says, when Satan cannot defeat us as the roaring lion that we see in 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9, he'll come as the deceiving serpent. And we read that in 2 Corinthians eleven three. So what Assyria could not do with weapons, Hezekiah wasn't going to be, you know, tainted by Assyria. But Babylon gave gifts to try to measure up to him, try to get him to do things their way. And God permitted the enemy to test Hezekiah so that the proud king might learn what was really in his heart. It certainly was a mistake for Hezekiah to show these people his wealth, but pride made him do it. So I'm looking over here. Yes, ready. The book of Isaiah shows us how God is powerful and protective of his people. And God always is on the track. Amen. Yes, he is. God knows what is going to happen even when we don't. So we must remember that after this time of severe suffering, sometimes it feels so good just to feel good that we let our guard down and we fail to watch and pray. The king was basking in fame and wealth, apparently neglecting his spiritual life. Hezekiah was safer as a sick man in bed than as a healthy man on the throne. And I think that is so relevant to where we are now. We're so tired of being in quarantine and on lockdown and we get news of it's going to get a little bit tighter. It's going to go a little bit longer. And then when it finally hits, we say, thank you, God, you answered our prayers. And we run out and we play and we forget the Lord. We forget to keep our time of prayer. We forget to keep our, our honesty and our openness before the Lord and how important that is. Yes, Jenny Rose, we want to study the Bible because it gives me life and inspiration on my path no matter what. Amen? So good, Jenny. So here's something we learn in Hezekiah in Isaiah chapter 39, that if he would have consulted with Hezekiah, with Isaiah first, he would have avoided all this mess up that he had. The prophet reminded Hezekiah that as a king, he was only the steward. You need to type that in the chat. Only the steward. That means I'm only babysitting. I'm only taking care of. It doesn't, I'm not the owner of. So only the steward of Judah's wealth. Some of that wealth had come from previous kings and Hezekiah could claim no credit for it. All of us are mere stewards of what God has given to us, and we have no right to boast about anything. For who makes you different from another, and what do you do have that you did not receive? 
Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast if you had not received it? First Corinthians 4, 7. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. We're only the steward. I'm the steward of the blessings in my life. I'm the steward of even the people around me that God gives me the blessing of being an influence of. I'm the steward of my resources, but God owns them. When he owns me, God owns them. I'm responsible to take care of. And so when we look at this, we see that if we don't forget that, sometimes we can get really proud and prideful. And God doesn't want us to get proud or prideful. And so we see in Isaiah 39.7 is Isaiah's first explicit announcement of the future captivity of Judah. In spite of Hezekiah's reform, the nation decayed spiritually during the next century. And in 586, Babylon destroyed Judah, Jerusalem, and took the people captive. Hezekiah's sin was not the cause of this judgment for the sins of rulers, priests, false prophets mounted up from year to year till God can take it no longer. Is Hezekiah's response in Isaiah 39, 8, let me look at that, Isaiah 39, 8. The word of the Lord you have spoken is good, Hezekiah replied, for he thought there will be peace and security in my lifetime. Peace and security in my lifetime. Is Hezekiah's response an expression of relief that he escaped trouble? If so, it would certainly be heartless on his part to rejoice that future generations would suffer. No, he's not declaring, oh, I'm so happy that I escaped trouble, but rather his statement is more likely an expression of humble acceptance of God's will. And 2 Chronicles 32.26 bears this out. It says, the king humbled himself before God and forgave him. And so I want you to look over at 2 Chronicles 32. 2 Chronicles 32, and I'm going to start kind of at verse 16. Uh, well, actually, 2 Chronicles 32, if we look at verse 8, it says, With him is only the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and, defeat, and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah the king said. Okay, so here's that parallel that reminds us scripture is true and relevant. Amen. We are stewards and we cannot boast because he said with us, it's the Lord our God who helps us to fight our battles. Today, maybe you've been feeling like you're fighting a battle that you're having to struggle with. And God wants to remind you it's his battle. The victory will be yours in his timing, but he's going to take care of the battle. Then we look a little further down in verse 16. Sennacherib's officers spoke further against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. And the king wrote insulting letters, insulting the Lord, the God of Israel, and saying, try, again, trying to say, you don't need to believe this. And I believe this is happening in the world. People are trying to take passages, even of scripture, and say, you know what, that's not relevant for today. Take that out. The word of God is true from Genesis to Revelation. The word of God is relevant from Genesis to Revelation. And the word of God, the Bible, 
is God's holy inspired word of God from Genesis to Revelation. But the thread that we see when we study the scripture, it helps, to, helps us to understand certain passages. When we take one little verse or one little part of a verse, we may get confused. When we look at the whole, we see how God does not contradict himself. In fact, Jesus came to break some of those burdens of the law in the Old Testament so that we could be set free. But here's what I want you to see. Second Chronicles 32 verse 20, King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the leaders of the camp. They cried out to God. We see that in Psalm 51, 17, it says a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. A broken and contrite, that means a humble heart, God will not despise. So they cried out to heaven and the Lord sent an angel. We also see in uh, 32.26, then Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart as did the people of Jerusalem. Therefore, the Lord's wrath, wrath did not come upon them during the days of Hezekiah. Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart. Today, I want us to be willing to say to the Lord, you promised, God, we're calling on you. We're repenting of the pride of our heart. We can't do it in ourselves. And any success that we've had, any the, the millions of people that we proclaim and declare are hearing the message through ICF Rome online. It is not about ICF Rome. It is not about the pastors or the media team. It is about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It is for Jesus and the good news of eternal investment. So Lord, never let us be prideful, but we, we commit to God that in ourselves we can't do it, but with God, all things are possible. And when we pray, he sends those angels at work to defeat the enemies of the battle against God's people. How powerful is that? God is faithful to forgive. Um, what difference do you face? I'm looking at page 122 for a minute in the book. What difference do you notice when you face a crisis in the Spirit's power versus in your own strength? What difference do you notice when you're facing the crisis or do you notice when you're facing the crisis in your own strength? How do you suddenly realize, hi, Peggy, I'm happy to see you in Unicia. And I saw Julia had a comment up here too. Let me just scroll down and see. Thank you, Boriana. Thank you, Shanta. So good, Jenny. Loretti. Julia, I saw that comment. Jesus is the word. We love to study the Bible to encounter God. Amen, because he speaks to us in fresh ways. So what difference do you notice when you face the crisis in the Spirit's power versus in your own strength? My peace, yeah. You know what? In the negative, I notice it's like I suddenly realize I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to solve this. I'm trying to figure out the solution in my own strength when I feel 
worried, when I feel stressed out, when I feel like I'm losing my joy and I start to get anxious about it or I maybe get irritable or believe it or not, I do get irritable sometimes. Uh, that's when I know that I'm trying to do this in my own. I need to take a step back. I need to take a kneel down. <laughs> I need to say, God, yes, you're ready. He is faithful to forgive us. I notice that when I trust in his strength, there is peace in the battle. Yes, we need to surrender. Absolutely. Um, we must do that. That's so important. Um, if there's any principle you would glean from Hezekiah's experience that would motivate you to become a person of prayer, what would something that we've gathered from Hezekiah's experience that would motivate me to become a person of prayer? Yes, the peace of God. So many of you have said the peace. Amen. None of you. I didn't see one person. Yes, Eunicea, you stay calm. I didn't see one person say the battle goes away. So I love this roundtable we're able to have this morning. It's not that the battle is going to go away. It's that in the midst of the battle, yes, when we face our difficulty, peace, 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 peace. We've all said that. That's so amazing that we understand there's peace. So what principle can you gain? I, I mean, for me, reading it again is just reminding that here's that announcement from the Lord Almighty. You're going to die. Get your stuff together. And Hezekiah saying, but wait, Lord, I just have one more prayer. I have one more petition before you. I'm going to turn my face to the wall. I'm going to weep bitterly, and I'm going to ask you, Lord, for your sovereign will to be done. But if so, Lord, could you heal me and let me move on in this direction? And it just reminds me that God hears our prayers. So one of the principles I've gained from this study in Hezekiah in chapter 39, and or in the 30s, the Isaiah all 30 through 39, is that God hears our prayers. It's not over. And God is, is able to be here as prayer. He said, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. So we praise God for that. Amen. We're going to go on now. This is what I love. So many of you remember that the book of Hezekiah is kind of like a Bible. The Bible has 39 books in the Old Testament about the old laws and 27 books in the New Testament of how Jesus came, the Messiah came to redeem us and to give us a new life. And then when Jesus went, that he left us the Holy Spirit and there was a promise from the Lord. So in our book, he calls it the next section. It's kind of like the New Testament, the book of consolation which is why we can say Isaiah is be comforted. Because yes, there is a prophecy that if we do sin, if we don't do things God's way, there is going to be a penalty, there is going to be a judgment. But when we come to God, we humble ourselves, we pray, we seek his face. Yes, to be mindful of pride, to not fear, but to trust the Lord. Um, these are things that have also helped us, especially during this COVID and chaos that is in the world. So I want us to look at this chapter on page 125. And this is just a little short interlude before we actually start breaking down chapter 40, okay, in Isaiah. And so it tells us again, if you have the book on page 125, about the Bible in miniature of Isaiah. 
The 27 chapters of the second part seem to parallel the 27 books of the New Testament. They emphasize the grace of God and addressing a future generation and the coming Messiah. Those are things that we see. Now I'm on page 126. <clears throat> the primary world figure in Isaiah 1 through 39 is Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. But in chapters 40 to 66, the world leader is Cyrus, king of Persia. It was Cyrus who defeated the Babylons. And in 541 BC, he issued the decree that would permit the Jews to return to their land and rebuild. And we see that in the book of Ezra. When Isaiah wrote these passages, Babylon was not yet a great world power, but the prophet was inspired by God to see the course that the international scene would take. I want you just to think about that for a minute, about the Bible being true, about Isaiah writing way back, way back, 541 BC, that Cyrus would issue a decree that would permit the Jews to return. And yet, Babylon was not even a great world power yet. So the prophet was foretelling of something. Um, God still works in giving us a prophecy, but here's what I want you to know about that. And we have to be so careful that the Holy Spirit, that is the spirit of truth, that we're careful that if we are declaring something that it's of the Lord, we may say the Lord impressed on me to pray for this, but if it's truly a prophetic word of God, it's going to come true. And if it's not a truly prophetic word of God, it will not come true. And it will bring confusion then to those who hear. So we must be very careful. We don't seek the prophet. We don't seek the prophecy. We seek God. We seek God and his promises. Isaiah never said, trust me, Isaiah, I'm the prophet. Trust me and the prophecy. What he was always saying was, trust the God who will redeem us no matter what our lives face. So the prophet was inspired by God to see the international scene, to predict that there would be some of these problems, but there would be a return. Now we see over hundreds of years, Jerusalem coming back and forth. It's like, can you please just learn your lesson? Amen. But this is also the parallel. I want you to realize there's a parallel that God uses in scripture. The children of God as us. We're the children of God. And how many times has he redeemed us and brought us out of the wilderness, brought us out of the battle, helped us to get across our Red Sea and been with us in the storm in our boats. And then like the children of Israel, sometimes we forget and we doubt God, and then we think that it's all about us, and God has to show us, allow things to happen, to remind us to depend upon the Lord. So in chapters 40 to 66, as we prepare to finish the book study, and we've got a few more chapters, um, it will be divided into three parts, chapters 40 to 48, chapters 49 to 57, and chapters 58 to 66, with the same statement separating the first two sections. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. And in your book, it's, 
It's on page 126, chapter 48, verse 22, chapter 57, verse 21. So let us go over to 4822, because I don't want you to think it's just my words. 4822. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. That's in chapter 48. So here, if you look at Isaiah 48 for a minute, so good. This is what the Lord says in verse 17 of chapter 48. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace Remember we said, what do we feel when we follow God? All of us said in the chat, we feel peace. And the Lord is saying, when you don't trust me, if only you had listened, your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sand and your children like numberless grains. Their names would never be cut off or destroyed for me. Leave Babylon. Remember Babylon tried to sway Hezekiah with all these gifts the world tries to sway us with, oh, you can make money and you can have fame and you can have popularity. And you know what? That's not what it's about. Yes, we have social media and I'm thankful for social media that right now we get to sit around a table together, a virtual table, but it's not about who I am. It's about who God is. And the Lord is saying, leave Babylon. In other words, leave those ones who are trying to use you with flattery. They're trying to get you off track with flattery, with broken, empty promises. Leave Babylon. Flee from those people that are like Babylon, Babylon, the Babylonians. Announce this with shouts of joy and proclaim it. Send it out to the ends of the earth. So we're doing that today in our study together. You can do it when you like and share this Bible study. Um, I just found out that we have something called Network 211. And on our website, icfrome.org, under resources, you can go to Network 211 and find every language. Hi, Michelle. You can find every language of uh, all kinds of studies. Well, now they've invited us to share some of our links of things that we're doing online that could help people. I remember when Network 211 just started. This was 10 or 20 years ago. And their goal was to reach 10 million people. They have far surpassed it. I remember just seven years ago, our goal was to reach 1 million. And we did that in five years. But I want you to know that last year, in one year, we reached more than 2 million people. We engaged more than 262,000 people in, across all the social media platforms. And some of them I didn't even tally into factor. I didn't factor into the fact that sometimes two or three people are watching when it shows one person's name or computer. So here's what we're saying. It's not about us. It is about what the Lord was saying. Send it out, share it to the ends of the earth that the Lord has redeemed his servant. 
They did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. Have you walked in a desert? Hi, Michelle, have you walked in a desert, but God kept you without thirst? We might feel like we're thirsty, but we not only have our cup, you might take your cup. I love you. This is like taking my living water, the word of God, this, this book study. I have to show you, I love my life application study Bible. It's big and heavy, but I love it. And it has all kind of commentary and it has things down here at the bottom that describe it. But I also love my Bible on my phone and I can get it to talk to me and read scripture to me in the morning. But the Bible is saying to us, even in Isaiah, leave the, leave the flattery and turn to God. Thank you already. Leave Babylon and follow God. And he said, you won't thirst when you're in the desert. And there'll be water that will flow from the rock. And he split the, the rock and the water gushed out for his people. But here we are at Isaiah 48, 22. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. So we have to remember, we have to do our part. We can't live in wicked ways. We can't live in pride. We can't live in, I want me to be first. We have to live in humility before God, dependency upon God. And when we do, if you look up in the chat later, you'll see that all these people on this Bible study have said, when I face difficulty knowing God's in charge, I find peace. That, all of us said that. It was so powerful. That is the peace of God. Amen? Then we see God emphasizing the greatness of God the Father in contrast to the vanity of all these idols. The idols of fame, the idols of popularity, the idols of riches, the idols of being recognized in the land, the greatness of God. And then we see in Isaiah chapters 49 to 57, he begins to extol on the graciousness of God the Son, the suffering servant. We have to see the whole picture. There is suffering that happens. We see in chapters 58 to 66, describes the glory of God in the future kingdom and the emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit. There seems to be this Trinitarian structure. So I want to look over at Isaiah just for a minute. Isaiah 59, verse 19. Isaiah 59, Verse 19 says, from the west, men will fear the name of the Lord. And from the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory. He will come like a pent up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. The redeemer will come to Zion and to those who repent of their sin. And in verse 21 of chapter 59, as for me, this is the covenant with them, says the Lord. Get your pen. Circle Isaiah 59 and write 5921 in your in your side margin. See, I write all over mine. And circle it in your Bible if you're looking at your Bible. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children 
or from the mouths of their descendants forever and ever, says the Lord. That's like the blessing song upon our children and upon our children's children and upon our children's children's children, because the blessing goes on. I have the blessing and the privilege of being third generation Pentecostal from a family of ministers that believe in the power of God, the power of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's a promise for you from Isaiah 59, verse 21. This is my covenant, where it says, with them, circle and write your name. This is my covenant with Jennifer. This is my covenant with Shanta, with Michelle, with you ready, says the Lord. My spirit, who is on you, Boriana? My spirit who is on you, Eunicea, the words, my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth. But you know what? We have to use our mouth. Every day we have to use our mouth. So we go back to that. What do we feel when we're fighting a battle? This is the month of ready for victory. If the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart bring honor to God, I will feel peace. So you are a part of the answer to every prayer you pray. And when we understand that God, even on Isaiah, Father God, the Messiah, the Holy Spirit is mentioned before the Holy Spirit ever actually came to descend and dwell among the disciples in the upper room, Isaiah wrote about it. So here we see that Old Testament thread thousands of years and hundreds of years before the New Testament was written. And now we're reading it. It's true. It's true. It's true. Type that in the chat. The word of God is true. The Bible is true and relevant for my life. And so the heart of Isaiah 40 to 66, we see that in chapters 49 to 57, the suffering servant. We see the description of the Savior's substitutionary death for the sins of the world. And this is the fourth of the servant songs in Isaiah. The others are in 42, 49, and 50. So at the heart of the New Testament section in Isaiah is our Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for our sins. No wonder Isaiah has been called the evangelical, like an evangelist, prophet. He was predicting that the Messiah would save us from our sins. The Jewish rabbis have called Isaiah 40 to 66, the book of consolation, and they are right. Isaiah sought to comfort the Jewish remnant in Babylon after their difficult years in captivity and to assure them that God was with them and would take them safely home. That is the study of Isaiah. Now, I want to make it relevant to you. Isaiah, the prophet in the Bible, sought to comfort those of us in the world in 2020 and 2021 that were a remnant of believers in Italy, in America, in Nigeria, in Congo, in France, in Bulgaria, Isaiah sought to comfort. Remember, the Jews were the chosen, the children of God. That's you and me. We're the children of God. Sought to comfort the children of God, the remnant left in this world that's trying to tempt us with favoritism. 
after their difficult years of COVID lockdown captivity. Is that not relevant? After their difficult years of captivity and to assure Eunicia and Michelle and Jenny Rose and Jennifer and Julia to assure us that God would be with you, that he would take you safely home. He'll get you out of captivity. He will keep you in the palm of his hand. And along with these words of comfort and consolation, the prophet also began to reveal the Messiah, God's suffering servant, and describe the future gathering of Israel and the promised kingdom. Isaiah saw in Israel's restoration from Babylon a preview of what God would do at the end of the age and after the day of the Lord and the destruction. And we read that in Revelation 17 and 19. Yes, hallelujah, Eunicia. <laughs> I love those hallelujah hands because the word of God is promising to get us out of captivity, to see us through this difficult time where we have felt like our finances are in bondage or our health are, is in bondage or our mindset of hope is in captivity. God promised to reveal a Messiah to the remnant that would believe, that would not let go of their belief and their trust in him. So as we study this second part of Isaiah 40 to 66, note how often God will say to his people, fear not. And note how frequently, I'm on page 127 in the book, note how often God says, fear not. And how frequently he assures them of his pardon and his presence. You can write that down. His pardon and his presence. God forgives us and he redeems us. God forgives us and redeems us. It is no surprise that God's people for centuries have turned to these chapters to find assurance and encouragement in the difficult days for life. And in these messages, God says to all of us, be comforted, be comforted. Fear not his pardon and his presence. I'm going to turn over. We're going to start chapter nine. We're just going to do the introduction of chapter nine. And I'm going to give you a couple things. You're going to type it in the chat for me if you're helping. And then I want you to, to read um, on page 129 to probably page 134 that we will do next week. Okay. We're going to start with the chapter, How Great Thou Art. In your time, we have the opportunity to move not only toward the rich society and the powerful society, but upward to the great society. That was a quote by President Lyndon Johnson at the University of Michigan in 1964. Reading over these thoughts, three, 30 years later, even when he wrote this in 1994, I asked myself, I wonder how the Jewish captives in Babylon would have responded to what the president said. A rich society? They were refugees whose land and city were in ruins. A powerful society? Without a king or an army, they were weak and helpless before the nations. A great society? They had been guilty of great rebellion and suffered great humiliation. They faced a great challenge and they lacked great human resources. 
That is why the prophet told them to get their eyes off themselves and look by faith to the great God who loved them and promised to do great things for them. Be not afraid. So now we're back at Isaiah chapter 40. Chapter 40, verse 9. Chapter 40, verse 9. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up and do not be afraid. Isaiah 40, verse 9. Here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules with him. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lamb in his arms and he carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those that have young. I mean, this is like two completely different parts of God in one verse. Isaiah 49. So, and verse 10, see the sovereign Lord. He comes with power and his arm rules for him and his reward and his recompense accompany him. But he also tends his flock like a shepherd and he gathers the lambs in his arm and he gently carries them, those who have young. Isn't that amazing? God is strong and mighty in battle. That's why when we're in battle, we have peace. But he's also a loving, gentle shepherd. Oh my goodness. Behold your God. Don't be afraid. I'm on page 130. It says, when the outlook is bleak, we need to have an uplook. When the outlook is not good, we need to have an uplook. He said, lift up your eyes on high and behold the one who has created these things. He is strong in power. When like Israel of old, you face a difficult task and an impossible tomorrow, do what they did. Remind yourself of the greatness of God. Also remember the gentleness of the shepherd. He loves you. He forgives you when you doubt him. He forgives you when you put pride up there. He's close to those who mention his name. And so our book says, if you could see my, uh, can you see it, I think. God is greater than our circumstances. God is greater than my circumstances. Type that in. God is greater than my circumstances. God is greater than my situation. As the remnant in, in Babylon looked back, they saw failure and sin and disappointment. If we're not careful, we'll look to the past and say, well, that didn't work and that didn't work. And here we are in year two of COVID and that doesn't seem to be working. Don't do that. The circumstances behind us we see that there, we're going to talk about the voices, and we'll talk about that next week. But I just want to give you the voice of pardon, the voice of providence, the voice of promise. And here we are again, the voice of peace. When we look back, we see these voices. Yes, God is greater than my circumstances. And God is greater than the circumstances behind us. He's greater than the circumstances before us. 
and he's even greater than the circumstances within us. He said, trust me, you're sovereign Lord. We, this is the month of ready for victory. And we, we know that God fights our battles when we trust in him. And when we don't trust in him, we get fearful, we get fretful, and we fall. When we trust in him, we have peace, power, strength, and purpose. Some of you have been with me for a year and a half almost as we started when COVID started on this Thursday Connect Live. Peace, power, strength, and purpose. These are things that I believe God is saying to us in this beginning of this 21st century, 2020, 2021, and we are ready for victory. And we are ready for victory. Ready. This is, our, this is our theme, and this month our theme is ready for victory. When God says in Isaiah chapter 40, I want you to know that I come with power, and my recompense accompanies me, but I will gather the lambs in my arm and carry them close to my heart. And then we see over chapter 40, verse 28, do you not know, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Nothing can stop God from working. He's everlasting. He hasn't run out of victories for us. Amen. He hasn't run out of energy for us. Yes, Julia, peace, power, strength, and purpose. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. Even youth, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Strength, power. He increases the strength and the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, power, peace, and purpose. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We look in, in verse chapter 40, we see that in 26, he says, lift your eyes and look to the heavens. That's the up look. I'm not looking around. I'm looking upward. And he said, lift up your eyes and see who created all of this. He who brings the starry host one by one and calls them by name because of his great power and mighty strength, not one is missing. Why do you, O Jacob, complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord and my cause is disregarded. No, no, no. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. He gives us a purpose and a passion to follow him. So today, as we close, with that relationship strength, I want you to listen to Isaiah 41, verse 9. Isaiah 41, verse 9. I took you from the ends of the earth. Many of my friends were far away from each other geographically on this planet. We're on different continents. We're in different cities and countries. We're in different time zones. Isaiah 41, 9, I took you from the ends of the earth and from the farthest corners I've called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not 
rejected you. God is not rejecting you. Your circumstances is not an indication that God is rejecting you. If I have chosen you and I have not rejected you, then verse 10 of chapter 41 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We see in verse 13, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Maybe today you're weary. If you can, take a nap. But after that, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Recognize that God wants to overflow the goodness. He has promised to carry us through. He has chosen us and he will take care of us. We don't have to be afraid of tomorrow. We don't have to be afraid of the outcome. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to pray for, I want you to type that in the chat. And I know some of you will be watching later and you haven't had time to watch uh, maybe Wednesday night prayer even. Um, last night, the Lord was saying, remember, we, we sometimes see this thread in our Wednesday night, Wednesday warfare through the scripture, but last night we felt the Lord reminding us, your citizenship is in heaven, so do not fear. Don't get so, don't, don't, you know, make partnership with the Babylonians who are trying to flatter you with the idols of fame and fortune. It's wonderful when we have blessing. It's wonderful when we have heat and electricity. And not everybody has that today. I know my friends in Texas, where I'm from, are without power and without heat. And it's below zero in many places for the first time ever. But be encouraged. God is for you. He has chosen you. He is not rejecting you. And he will make your path straight. He will be with you. The Lord is that shepherd. And he gently carries his lamb. Amen. So if you have a prayer request, please don't hesitate to type it in the chat. You can even say unspoken, and we will pray where two or three agree as touching anything. Lord, I thank you for everyone who's watching now and those many who watch later. God, that we will be encouraged. I thank you for Network 211 who will soon be putting a link to this book of Isaiah Bible study on their website. We're going to be sending that in. You pray for favor in that, that it'll be easy to find for people, as well as you can find everything on our website, icfrome.org. We have a YouTube channel. We have a live stream channel. You can go back and watch. You can click on the right links from the website, icfrome.org. We want to encourage you to register for classes online. Um, we have interactive classes on Sunday. We have pre-service prayer where you're praying for the service. Uh, we have uh, connection classes for grow, serve, lead that help you in your in your walk to serve the Lord, to lead with places of influence. Register online. Amen. God is not rejecting us. Thank you. You're ready. Grace upon grace. Amen, Jehan. I appreciate that. Uh, God is faithful, and I'm praying for you today. So, Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. Lord, we pray for those who are in physical need. 
They need something physically. God provide. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. We thank you that the word of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are saved. The name of the Lord is a mighty strong tower. And as we speak the name of the Lord and we study the book, we study the word of God, we see that Isaiah is reminding us to be comforted because God is with us. And so, Lord, we are going to be comforted. We thank you for this book study on Isaiah. We are chosen, not rejected. We are loved. We have peace when we trust God in the midst of our battles. We have peace when we depend on God instead of depending on ourselves or other countries, other nations. That's what we see in Isaiah. So, Lord, today, help us as your children, as the remnant of believers across the globe, that we will be careful of the words that come out of our mouth, the things we post, the things we watch, that we will decree and declare that the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his kindness will be with us. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God, let your people know peace in the midst of their circumstances this week. Let them know they're not alone and they are mighty warriors, strong in the power of God and yet gentle in the peace of God as we trust in you. So jump on over to ICF Rome. We've got some new things happening here on campus that people are going to get to be a part of. And um, anybody in our online campus this sunday online campus you're going to start to meet some of our on-campus people we've got some videos for you we're going to start meeting each other and we've been showing some of your videos that you've given to us on sunday so they know who our online families are and uh, we've done a zoom for the ladies where people gathered from all over god is faithful i love you very much and i pray you're blessed today i will see you next thursday as we continue in the, new, the, the next portion of the Book of Consolation, Isaiah, we're starting with How Great Thou Art, chapter 9, uh, page 150, is it 150, 130, 130, page 130. That's what you're going to start reading and Here's my air hug for you. Love you. Have a beautiful day. And remember, you are beautiful. You are chosen, not rejected. And God has placed you right where you are for this moment. He's going to give you new friends. He's going to deepen your walk with him through the power of the word. And he has a promise for you. Don't lose sight of that promise. God loves you. God bless.